Bonjour, bonjour, and welcome to another episode of EveryoneHatesMarketers.com, the no-fluff, actionable marketing podcast for people sick of marketing bullshit. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. After four years, 175 episodes recorded, 9,625 minutes of no-bullshit content published, and 1 million plus downloads reached, I felt it was time to shake things up a bit. You see, I want to help you radically stand out because I firmly believe it's the only way for you to succeed without marketing bullshit. So moving forward, each episode is going to be around 20 minutes long. Each episode is going to be super practical where I'm going to teach you one way to radically stand out that you can apply to your business today. I'm going to use snippets of past interviews, the lessons I've learned from my own experience and plenty of concrete examples. Oh, and one last thing. I'm also turning each of those episodes into the only newsletter focusing on differentiation and positioning so you can read at your own pace and remember the concept I'm teaching. If it's of interest, I hope you'll sign up today on everyonehatesmarketers.com. I'll also notify you when I launch new stuff and products and you can win rewards for referring other Mavericks to the newsletter, like branded cups and t-shirts and posters and private group coaching and plenty of other nice little surprises. All right, on to the podcast. I came across this comparison between Prince Charles and Ozzy Osbourne a few years ago, and it illustrates perfectly the reason why buyer persona as they stand today need to die of a violent death. And it's because on the surface, if you're using the traditional information that are being taught about buyer persona and how to fill them out, you would think they are exactly the same person. In fact, they would be the exact same customer segment. They are both born in 1948. They both grew up in England. They both have two kids. They both like dogs. They're both full of money. And they apparently both spend their time in the winter in the Alps. Yet you very well know that those two people can't be more different. Prince Charles is the Prince of Wales, is the heir apparent of the British throne, and is the eldest son of the Queen uh, Elizabeth II, who has this kind of, uh, you know, heritage and, and part of the royal family. I mean, it's just, it's very uh, outspoken and it wears very expensive suit and is very serious. And I mean... You compare that to, to Ozzy Osbourne, who's a, a singer, songwriter, who rose uh, to prominence in the 1970s as the lead vocalist of the heavy metal band Black Sabbath. And he was even nicknamed the Prince of Darkness. And yet, yet, age-wise, what they do for the holidays, number of kids and all of that, they are the same people, the same customer segment. And so if you were, let's say, selling rehab treatments... Uh, who would you focus on? If you were selling watercolor paintings, who would you focus on? Turns out that obviously for rehab, Ozzy Osbourne might need some help. And for watercolor paintings, uh, it turns out that Prince Charles is a big fan uh, and collects them. And so there lies the big single issue around traditional buyer personal advice. They are useless in their current form. We are left with trying to guess why they buy and how we can influence future purchases. You cannot stand out from the rest. You cannot be noticed and be memorable using traditional advice on personas that are basically using demographics information that have nothing to do with the product or service you're selling. And Adele Revela, who's the CEO of the Buyer Persona Institute, explained that they are basically old school tactics. The old, old school approach to segmenting our market was around demographics, around data like age and gender and 
and income levels. And if you're selling, like, you know, we're, we, if we're doing a study for senior living, then we do care how old you are and probably even what gender you have. But if we're selling um, a marketing automation solution, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous to care about your hobbies or how many kids you have. And so without knowing why people buy from you, without knowing the core reason why they decided to buy from you, without understanding the objections, the barriers and all of that, you're basically guessing. Caitlin Bourgoin, who's the CEO of Customer Camp and who's a customer research specialist, told me this on the podcast a while back. Well, if you don't know what triggers people to buy, then you're probably just guessing with way too much stuff. You're guessing about what channels to hang out in. You're guessing about what messaging is really going to be meaningful to your audience. You're guessing about what they want from your product so that you can actually fulfill the promise that you make in your marketing with your actual product. So not knowing what's actually triggering customers to buy just kind of leaves you out in the dark, just kind of like trying to feel your way along. And you know, as marketers, we have limited budgets, we have limited time, you really want to make sure that you're pursuing the insights that are valuable and like high opportunity, not just kind of chasing stuff or trying all these different tactics, hoping stuff will work. When you look around, it's quite difficult to find anything that is quite good, that actually helps you to do your job as a marketer. And in fact, we might actually get away from that by doing bike shading, which is what I talked about before, which is, you know, the more important an item on the agenda is, the less time you'll spend time on. So here is uh, a summary of this article from Hootsuite that teaches you how to create buyer persona. So the first step they tell you is, yeah, your buyer persona needs to be based on real-world data, not gun instinct. That's true, right? But it gets south pretty quickly because they say, consider details like age, location, language, spanning power and patterns, interests, challenges, and stage of life. Okay, that's pretty much useless. And then they say for B2B, also consider size of business and who makes purchase decision. Then they go through step two, identify customer pain points. Uh, what problems or hassles are your customer are trying to solve? What's holding them back? What barriers do they face? That's fine, but it feels very generic. It doesn't really tell you much more about the product or service. It more seems like to be generic customer pain points. Uh, then they tell you to identify customer goals, which is the flip side of pain points. Pain points are problems your potential customers are trying to solve. Goals or aspirations are positive things they want to achieve. Again, that's a fair advice, but it's way too generic. Everything comes together when they say that the last step is to create your better your persona. And that's when it goes bad, really bad, really quick. They say, let's say you identify a core customer group of fathers in their 30s who live in big cities, like to camp and own motorcycles. Great, now it's time to take this abstract collection of characteristics and turn them into a persona that you can identify with and speak to. Give your buyer persona a name, a job title, a home, and other defining characteristics. You want your persona to seem like a real person. And then, this is the kicker, aim for about the amount of information you would expect to see on a dating site. Yes, you've heard it right, on a dating site. And then they finish by giving examples. So your persona is 40 years old. He has two kids, age four and one. He lives in Boston. He works at a tech company. He owns a, a touring motorcycle. He likes to camp through the new, uh, new England and he has limited vacation time. Wow, how useless is that all information? It's a marketing exercise that makes marketers look bad, that product can't use, that customer success can't use, that the C-suite can't use, that sales will laugh about. It's time to get real. It's time to stop bike shedding and to focus on the right information to build a proper buyer persona that can help you to stand the fuck out and generate more sales, encourage more customers to buy more often. The right solution is something that Seth Godin wrote in his book, This is Marketing. I was just quoting. He says, begin by choosing people based on what they dream of, believe and want, not based on what they look like. In other words, 
use psychographics instead of demographics. And so the right solution to create proper buyer persona you can actually use that everyone in your organization can use is to start with psychographics that are important, the reason why they buy, and then only add the layer of demographics, firmographics, geographics information that they all have in common that could give you a competitive advantage, not the other way around. As you've heard before from these Hootsuite articles and most of the other advice out there, they focus first on demographics, firmographics, and then maybe they touch slightly on, on psychographics that matter. There's basically three things you need to know to have a proper buyer persona. One is the trigger. What made them say, I want to make progress in my life today. I want to start uh, seeking change. Why now? What's the trigger or the set of triggers? Constraints. What constraints are stopping them from making that decision? If it was that easy for them to make progress, what is stopping them? Are there habits and anxieties and anything else that stop them from doing this? And then finally, the goal. What is the progress that they actually want to make in their life? This progress can be functional, something that like is actually helping them to do something better or something new. Could be social, which is a way for you like to feel better in the society, to, in, to increase your status, for example. Or it could be emotional. Could be like your self-story, something to make you feel better, to make you feel more productive, to make you feel happier. Those three questions are the key for any product or service you're selling. And basically the sentence that you can build up on that is, when this happens, I want to do this thing so I can reach the goal and make progress in my life. Let me give you three examples. First one, the very microphone I'm using today. I, I listen to one of those Jorgen's podcasts, I'm not a big fan, but I, and I wonder like, how does all of those radio personalities have a uh, low voice? That was the trigger for me. I started to look into that and I wanted really to, 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 to sound like them. And I didn't know how to, to do that. So I searched for hours until I found the Shure uh, MC1B that seems to be known to be uh, a, a microphone that really helps on that. Functionally, I wanted uh, a, a, a lower voice, uh, but honestly, the, the, the core progress was very something that was social uh, for me, which was I wanted to be perceived like a professional podcaster. And emotionally for myself, I wanted to feel, yeah, that I was a professional podcaster. I wanted to feel better with my voice. A client I work with uh, recently who's, that sell uh, shampoos specifically for Latina, what we found out through research was that the trigger was that when the weather was quite uh, humid and hot where they were living, especially in uh, Florida and California, the people who were using that shampoo wanted to control the freeze that they started to have. Meaning because of the trigger that was the fact that uh, it was super humid and hot outside, they wanted to control that freeze. And the goal was that they wanted to get on with their life. So functionally, they wanted to stop the freeze, but socially, they also wanted to be seen as someone who could go out and, and, and feel good about themselves because they wanted to have a, a nice hair. This is the type of information that everyone can use from the product team to sales team and to whatnot, because this is the foundations of why your customer buy from you and everyone in the team can influence uh, specific stages. So let me show you how to do this, how to get to that point of when you have like a simple sentence to describe your very persona and to be confident about it so that you can stand the fuck out. So step one is to get out of the boardroom and to stop bike shading. It's important for you to get in touch with recent customers who bought from you, customers who might have bought a similar solution than yours. 
and it's important to avoid talking to people who did not buy uh, from you, who didn't actually spend money, time and resources to uh, invest in your product because they haven't completed the journey. So you want to talk to people who completed the journey. And so here is what Caitlin Borgwan recommends in that step. So the big thing that I recommend people do when they decide to do um, these one-on-one interviews is the reason you want to talk to people who have recently decided to buy a new solution or switched from their old solution to your solution um, is because they're going to have a really good memory of what actually led to the buying decision, which is really important because people are not databases. You can't just get in there and ask them a bunch of questions and think that you're just going to pull up all the information. A lot of the things that we do in um, the day-to-day of how we make decisions are not that conscious to us. And then you don't need a script. Uh, There's a lot of... uh advice out there with a lot of questions that you can use and yes it's important to have this those type of question as a as a kind of a checkpoint but Adele Revela the, the CEO of the Biopersonal Institute argues that you only need one question and this is the question she recommends if you want to have a conversation with someone no survey no scripted questions the only scripted question I want you to ask them is this one take me back to the day when you first decided that you needed to solve x this kind of problem or achieve this kind of a goal. Not not to buy my product, that's not the day. We want to go back to the day when you thought that it was urgent and compelling to go spend money to solve a particular problem or achieve a goal. And just tell me what happened. And the key to this interview to this is a conversation now where without a script, we ask people to reflect back on that moment and to go as deep as they can into what changed at that moment. And, and I'll just pick one since it's, we're approaching the end of the year. You know, in January, just about everybody wants to lose weight. We eat too much at the holidays and now it's time to lose weight, right? And so, you know, take me back to the day when you first decided that you needed to lose five pounds or 10 pounds or that you needed to become more fit and tell me what happened. And people will talk about how they want to be in better shape or they want to be healthier or they want to look nicer. But what we do after people give us that answer is we get them to go deep, like, okay, why didn't you do it sooner? What really changed to have you decide that now's the time to lose weight or to now's the time to secure your internet infrastructure or now's the time to uh, go on a big vacation or remodel your home you know, it's it's really getting people to talk at length about what changed at that moment and then to have just very gradually walk them through every single thing they did and thought about as they went through that real decision. Step three is to paint the journey of the customers that you're talking to. Your goal is to really act like a journalist and ask this simple question and then paint the journey from the very first time they ever thought about potentially buying a solution like yours all the way to using it. And in between, there's a lot of things you can find out by literally having a conversation that is 20 minutes long. So you can find out the different set of triggers that made them say, okay, we need to make a change. We need to do something. You can find the actual uh, constraints and pains that preventing them to make progress in their life. You can find the actual progress they wanted to make in their life. You can find out the different alternative solutions they might have considered instead of buying yours. You can find out why they bought from you, which is a uniqueness thing. Like, what is the reason why they chose you above anyone else's? You can find out who influenced them to buy in that process. Do they talk to anyone that helped them to make a decision? You can find out where they spend their time, the type of channels they spend their time on to make a decision like that. Once you do a few interviews like that, you can really get very deep 
understanding of your customers without having to guess anymore. Now, humans are complex creators. And yes, interviewing is an, is an interesting thing. You can send surveys with similar questions. It's important to talk to people, but do also talk to your sales team, to customer facing staff, to your founders about this, to paint the journey from different perspectives. And finally, use your gut and emotional intelligence. This is why marketing is not just a science where you just apply the steps and then voila, you have the result. There's an art to it in a sense. You need to develop your gut and emotional intelligence about it, especially for the reason why people buy from you. Those goals can be functional, social, emotional. People don't tend to give you that much detail about the emotional, social side of things. So do really try to find the reason why they buy. And a lot of times it comes from the status. They want to feel better about themselves. They want to feel seen as on top of the game. There's a lot there because we're social creators. Not everything will be laid out in front of you. And then step four is the most important step, the critical question to stand the fuck out, to identify a group of people you can really obsess over for years and, and to really become the only solution for that specific market is to ask yourself, are there any differences in the market out there based on what I've learned that we can take advantage of? So there are a tendency when you read traditional buyer persona advice to go overboard with the process to create way too many customer profiles based on demographic information that have nothing to do with the actual reason people buy. So the real thing here is to really take the time to see if you can leverage differences in the market. And this is what Adele Reveller has to say on that step. It's really fascinating because now you can start to say, well, are there differences in the market that if we went to market differently, for different types of buyers where we would actually win more business. And this is the only time you should worry about differences that you find is if you see that there's some differences you're finding, you know, half the buyers think this or even a third or even, you know, 10% of the buyers think a particular way. And now we can say, well, as a company, we're going to be more competitive if we go and we can actually beat our competitors and win, you know, more opportunities if we go start marketing to different people differently. But the worst thing you can do, and this is some of what I am trying to correct, is people are coming up with way too many personas just because there's differences. The only time you should care about the differences is if it represents a competitive advantage for your business. When you talk to those people, when you use your gut to, to, to find out all those information, are there people who are more in pain than others? And if so, why? Are there people who really, really want to reach that goal more than others? If so, why? Are there people with more money to buy? Is there a group of people where you have more access to? Maybe you have a newsletter or a podcast already with those people. Are there a group of people that you find is underserved by direct competitors? And those are the critical questions to ask. And it's difficult to find kind of a formula and recipe for you. You really need to do the work of diagnosing what's going on in the market to find out if there is a segment out there that seems to be really promising. And this is where the buyer persona really comes to light. Once you are able to build a buyer persona that is linked to the reason people buy and their pain and their successes and understanding why they are so will willing to do something about it, why they were so fired up about it. If you find the patterns that really matter, you have then the key ingredient to standing the fuck out. And this information can then be used and shared across the entire organization. And it's not just a, a shitty marketing exercise uh, that stays in, in, in the boardroom on, on PowerPoint. So once you have found that, you can add a sprinkle of demographics and thermographic. For example, for my program, Stand the Fuck Out, uh, the people who really tend to care in terms of demographics are those founders, entrepreneurs, senior marketers 
who are in very saturated markets who feel like they don't have a product or service that radically stand out because they are like it's almost a commodity but they also believe what i believe they believe in fighting matching bullshit they don't want to sell using uh, shady practices and so those people might tend to be like copywriters and marketing consultants and seasoned entrepreneurs who, who have been burned by this uh, in the past and they really want to find a way to differentiate without being shady while I was working for Hotjar, we, we did a similar exercise. One of the key triggers was, was that the conversion rate of the website, the customers had tanked after a redesign, website redesign. And so they were really panicking. And so that was a big pain that appeared straight away. That was a trigger. What they really wanted to understand is why. Why did that happen? Traditional website analytics tools didn't give them the answer. They just saw they had a dip. They didn't know why it happened. And the goal was that they really needed to fix that so that they could reach their target, so that they could look good in front of their boss. And we found out that the ones who really tended to suffer a lot from that were folks working with companies that had a lot of transactions every day, right? That, that meant that those companies had a lot to lose if there was a, a conversion rate tanking on their website. And those tend to be uh, transactional websites. Last example with Red Bull when they started out years ago, they started out selling to Australians because they were from Australia, hanging out in ski resorts who had a lot of money, who were partying all night in ski resorts. That was kind of the place to be then. They were selling specifically this, this drink to people who really need a boost of energy, who really cared a lot about partying all night, who had money and uh, with whom they had access to because they were based in Australia. And they found out that, yeah, the sprinkle of demographic was Australians hanging out in ski resorts. And then the last step, once you have that, and this is when it becomes actionable, right? You should build a response for every single insight you find out about those three psychographic. Early in the journey, try to be where those people experience their triggers. When do they experience their triggers? What tend to happen as soon as they decide, okay, I want to start looking into that. Be where they are. This is why Google Ads uh, and SEO are so powerful because you can really be where people start searching online. But that's not the only thing. So try to understand how they experience their triggers and where and when so that your company can be there to be the answer and to start guiding them. In the middle of the journey, be there to answer uh, the objections and the constraints they might have. Give them, reassure them that yes, you are there to help them remove that pain, that others have done the same. At the end of the journey, do everything you can to help them reach the goal they had, you know, the actual progress they want to make that is not only functional, could be social and emotional. Give them everything they need to reach that goal and do even more than that, like double down on that. This is what Adele Revela had to say about this step. What we talk about in, in is getting your subject matter experts together, looking at those key insights, every one of them separately, and building an answer, and then making a commitment to build content around the ones where you really have something unique and valuable to say, or even if it isn't unique, just the fact that you alone understand that the buyer's asking that question because you did these interviews and now you know that and that you're providing straight, simple, clear answers to buyers who have that, that need, that concern. This alone is a way to differentiate your company. And so, as you can see, this exercise become very actionable. It becomes something that you can really do to influence your marketing to influence the business as a whole. And it goes way, way beyond. It's way, way more powerful than the traditional buyer persona that you can see uh, online. To summarize, traditional buyer persona advice tell you to basically build something that looks like a dating profile. And those advice need to die. It's a form of bike shedding, which prevents us from influencing what needs to be influenced as marketers. 
basically making more customers buy from us more often for more money. That's at the end of the day, what we need to achieve as marketers, as entrepreneurs. So start with psychographics and then add a relevant layer of demographics and filmographic, not the other way around. And the most important question to ask yourself and to ask others is, are there any differences in the market that you could take advantage of? That's the key to standing the fuck out. Once you have a customer segment that you know you can answer their problem, that you can solve their pain the best, this gives you an advantage for the next uh, step. And then build a response for every insight, making sure that you're there across the journey using those uh, different information. That's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. I'm pouring my heart and soul into this. Uh, it will mean a lot to me if you check out the newsletter that goes with this podcast at everyonehatesmarketers.com. I send this newsletter every Tuesday. It's packed with very practical, step-by-step, actionable ways for you to radically stand out. And when you sign up, you also get access to a free eight-lesson course on the same topic. All right, see you on the other side. And that's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm super, super grateful. I'd love for you to consider subscribing to my daily newsletter, Monday to Friday, called Stand the Fuck Out Daily. I send very short, hopefully interesting, surprising, shocking, entertaining content to help you stand the fuck out. It's at everyonehatesmarketers.com. You can subscribe for free and obviously unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm just going to read a couple of emails that I got recently as a reply. Juma said, your content attacks the mind primarily, which is such a good thing because most of us are skilled at what we do, but we don't have the courage to do it our way. Mark, who just subscribed a couple days before, said, this is my first issue of your newsletter. Love it. Glad I subscribed. Brianna said, I just realized this morning that my email habit is now to one, skim through the list, two, select all unread industry email except yours, three, delete and don't think twice, four, quickly skim yours. Amy said, also loving the new content that's coming from you. It feels really lovely. Candle said, I like your writing a lot. It really resonates. There's so much bullshit out there. It's good to touch the authentic. And Chloe said, where is the I fucking love this email button? Brilliant. I hope you subscribe. You'll be joining more than 14,000 subscribers at this stage, which is crazy. It's the size of a small stadium. Anyway, thank you so much. See you on the other side.